0: Welcome to Mental Wealth for Entrepreneurs podcast, a podcast for resilient entrepreneurs. My guest today is Kamini Wood, uh, who is the founder and CEO of Live Joy Your Way and the Authentic Me Rise Up program. Kamini is also a best-selling author and a life coach, and today she is sharing her insights on how to let go of stress, overwhelm, and anxiety. So let's dive in and listen to Kamini's story now. Hi Hello. Hello. I'm just giving a little introduction about you that you're a life coach and you also have a best-selling book, uh Life's Gentle Reminders. I started reading the book, I haven't finished all of it, because there's quite a few pages there. And you also have your own podcast called Rise Up. How wow. did it all start for you? How did you become a life coach?
1: So interestingly enough, it was my own, my own life's journey that led me to become a life coach. So I, um, if we went back all the way (laughs) to when I was younger, um, I'm actually a first generation American. Uh, Both my parents were immigrants. I came, uh, I grew up in a small town in Connecticut. So they came to the States when they were in their teens. They settled in Connecticut. My sister and I were, were born and raised in Connecticut. And growing up in this, small town, predominantly white with the name, like comedy, darker skin, it's stuck out. Um, so I just remember being younger and in school, and uh, being terrified of substitute teachers showing up because they would go through the roll call, and my name would get uh, butchered every single time. And so the snickers and sneers would start. And what really ended up happening was I internalized that and really felt that I needed to find a way to fit in. I needed to blend in, fit in, you know, not create a burden for my parents uh, because they were working really hard to, you know, make, make it, so to speak. Um, and so I took on this people-pleasing, perfectionist attitude um, and personality. And, and that kind of carried with me through my whole, you know, growing up through adulthood. And I just, it was just part of who I was. Um, then I became a mom. And as we were talking right before we started recording, I'm a mom of five, and uh, my children have taught me so many things. But they were also my catalyst to change. So when my middle daughter started started exemplifying that people pleasing behavior, and where it became so obvious that making other people happy was driving how she was showing up, I realized that that was coming from me. That was how I was showing up. I was defining myself by these external expectations, the roles I was playing and whether I was meeting these external expectations and looking for that validation externally. So I went through my own self transformation. And in that process, uncovered the fact that I truly originally wanted to work with people, maybe in like a therapist role or some type of role where I was supporting people. And the second thing was that I wasn't alone in this process. There are plenty of people who get, feel stuck or feel that they're not good enough, or they have those old false centers, right? So my false center was I needed to prove my worth that if I wasn't good enough just the way I was. And so it's about how do we how do we take those false centers and now shift from them? How do we create a new way of showing up, a new intention for ourselves, and move ourselves forward and truthfully stop outsourcing that self worth, you know, really looking inwards in self sourcing that worth piece. So that from the inside out, we start living our life because that's when we can truly find joy and happiness as we see it. And it creates healthier relationships. So long story, but that's truthfully how I became a life coach and started doing the work that I do.
0: Yeah. So how long have you been doing this for?
1: So it's funny when people ask me that, I say I feel like I've been doing it my whole life um, because no matter what role I took, even in business, I was always the person working with people on helping them create themselves into the self-leader that they were meant to be. Um, I yeah. spent many years running a law firm and spent that time really building up the, not just the clients, but also the personnel at the firm and really becoming the leaders that they are. My coaching business itself is semi-young still. It's um, I've been doing this particular, my own business for the last three years, um, but it's work that I am truthfully um, really heart driven by. And so it feels like I've been doing it for a, a very long time.
0: <laughs> yeah. You just disappeared. The video just disappeared. <laughs>
1: uh my browser has lost connection to my camera, apparently. Oh. Okay. Mm. Let's can we see we can, let's see if we can start it again.
0: Yeah. There we go. <laughs> you <back> in- <laughs> Yeah. So thinking you know, back about your sort of childhood and your adolescence years. um, Do you think that being, you know, being a perfectionist uh, hindered you achieving certain goals back then?
1: So it's interesting. I think because I allowed the perfectionism to run where I was going and what I was doing, I would say that, yes, when I was younger, it kept me from trying things that I didn't know I could succeed at. Right, because it was almost that fear of failure. Now I still say that I'm a perfectionist. I think your personality is your personality, but it's how you how you show up and how you manage it, and how what you let drive you in your choice making. Because truthfully, it's all about the choices that we make. You know, we we can't. Um, our reality is based on you know our own perceptions, our own thoughts, but then also the choices and how we react to situations. And so for me now, I find that when I feel that fear of failure or just yeah. fear in general it's a different conversation that's happening internally and so I move forward with whatever it is because I'm able to handle it in a different way than how I handled it when I was younger
0: yeah so what's what's your view um what's your view on failure um, and the fear of failure uh, especially for entrepreneurs how important it is for entrepreneurs be okay um, with fear yeah, <laughs> it, I have to it, try it, to it, overcome it, it?
1: That's an interesting thought. So um, I don't, I actually, when I'm working with clients that we don't actually try to overcome the fear, it's more of, we work on how do we allow that fear, that thought to be there, but not allow attachment to that thought. So it's really this process of learning detachment from certain thoughts and learning to shift from those limiting beliefs. So we, and that's what I'm saying with the whole false center, it's really about unpacking where that's coming from because from this new place, you can set the intention for yourself of how you want to continue living. You know, do I wanna live from that false center or am I ready to accept a new one? So in my particular case, it was accepting that um, I am valuable just exactly as I am and I don't have to prove my worth. And so when you start standing in that new empowered place and those fears pop up, you're able to, to step into an observer mindset rather yeah. than be in it. Because if, when you're in it and you've got what I lovingly say, call the monkey mind, you know, you attach to that fear and then it keeps you paralyzed from moving forward, especially with entrepreneurs. I mean, even being a life coach and having my own business, I feel that I'm an entrepreneur. And I know in the beginning that would happen because it's this fear of, well, maybe I'm not good enough. Well, that's when you have to recognize, okay, that's that limiting belief. And now how do I want to show up? And what's like, what's the one thing that I
0: can do in this moment to continue moving forward? Yeah. Um, so could you tell me a little bit about your program? Uh, so you're working with adults, right? As a life coach. And you of just by reading on your website, uh, you're working with high achievers, right? And you help them to overcome anxiety and you, but you're especially focusing on high achievers and, um, do you consider yourself to be a high achiever? <laughs> <laughs>
1: yes, I do. I you know, it's and and truthfully it's the one it, it it's part of how I how I used to show up, right? It was about how many how many check boxes can I get? And then even when you attain the goal, it was like, okay, well, what's next? You know, and not really taking the time to actually appreciate yourself and taking the time to celebrate yourself. Um, but yeah, definitely still a high achiever. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I actually work with um, teens all the way through adults. And I really focus on healing that relationship with the self. Because truthfully, when we are struggling in business life or relationships, if we can really dial it back, it's it's really the source is the relationship we have with ourselves. And it's how we see ourselves, how we talk to ourselves, what we think about ourselves. When we can get to that, and we can start working through that. All of the other things start falling into place. You know, we're able to move forward in business. We're able to move forward in yeah. our relationships. We're able to go figure out what makes us happy and where we where we get you know that where we light ourselves up each and every day and how do we find the joy. All of that stems from how how we're how we're relating to ourselves.
0: Yeah. So when you started uh, your life coach business, what was the most challenging uh, time for you personally, maybe emotionally?
1: Yeah. So personally, it was um, because I like, as I mentioned, I had been running um, a lot firm, and it happened to be my husband's law firm. So it was truthfully stepping out and doing something on my own that was a little bit fearful. Uh, It was fearful because I had been sort of in the background for all those years. And now I had to step up and really be visible in my own business. And um, that was that was something I hadn't really done before. So it was where I had to tackle the, um, that false center that I wasn't meant to be visible. And it was to say, oh, but if I really am truly driven to support and help people, then I have to be. And so once I really came to that realization um, from there, it's just been, it's been great. I mean, of course, any entrepreneur will tell you that there's always ups and downs, but that's just yeah, life yeah. in general. So <laughs> yeah.
0: when you say w- visible, what do you mean by that? Um, Just that, you
1: know, you have to actually speak about your, you know, what it is that you are, um, what your business is about, you know, you have to be in a place where you're willing to uh, talk about, like, why is coaching important, you know, what's the difference between coaching and therapy and being being in a position where people will agree with you or or disagree with you and being okay yeah. with it, recognizing that it's okay. The people that disagree with me just aren't the people that are meant to work with me. And that's okay. You know, so it's really, it, it's really just managing the. it goes back to limiting beliefs, right? That it's it's yeah. totally fine for people not to agree with everything you say or um, not to necessarily have that resonance with you. And you're not going to resonate with everybody and it's okay
0: that's right yeah 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 and and again this brings me to another question uh you mentioned finding time for yourself how do you manage running a business um writing books and doing a podcast I was looking after five kids you're a superwoman
1: <laughs> thank you for saying that I, w- I appreciate the compliment but the truth is I struggled with it you know it's um especially when you start your own business you feel like you have to do all the things and it yeah. really came down to, um, for me personally, it's blocking, yeah. you know, time blocking and saying, well, right now is the time to write or right now is the time, you know, I've got my, my clients on my schedule so that they're blocked out. And, and really sticking to that and making sure that I, I take time in between, for instance. Like I used to, at the very beginning, it almost felt like you had to ba- uh, book yourself back to back. And yeah. it was recognizing, no, that, that's just a choice I'm making and I'm in charge of my schedule. And so it, it's giving myself permission yeah.
0: to yeah, take yeah. Those,
1: those minutes, you know, take that time to just settle down and to be quiet. And I also uh, made a pact with myself that I have to turn it off at a certain time. You know, I I do turn off the computer and I don't go back to the computer um, every now and again, I'm bad about checking my email, but I'm, I'm learning. <laughs>
0: yeah. So when you, when you started your life coaching business, uh, how small were your kids? I'm sorry. When you just started your life, um, you know, li- uh, a life coaching business, how small were your kids? Oh, how small were they? Um, yeah. so
1: my oldest was about
0: 16 at the time and my youngest was four. Okay, so you've been doing this for a couple of years now. I mean, it's. Um, you also mentioned uh, well I- in your book. It's it's. I, I really enjoyed reading it, and uh, it's 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 nice that, well, the the way you've written it, it's it's quite, easy to read, and it's it's almost like, paying attention to what's going on in your, you know, in your Everywhere. environment, and then kind of questioning. In, in your view, how important it is to be observant of your surroundings and also to be able to ask the right questions?
1: So the way that I wrote that book was actually a challenge. Originally, I didn't set out to write the book. It was actually, I was writing for my own self. It was a challenge to myself to start looking at my everyday experiences yeah. and figuring out ways that I could either learn from them or look at them differently and take a negative information. Because I do really believe, um, as that quote says, that life is um, a journey that happens through us and for us, not to us. And so it was a challenge to myself to really say, okay, comedy, these things are happening. What can you take from this experience? And so for me personally, it was about learning how to have that flexible thinking. You know, it goes back to the idea that uh, when we're trying to build our resilience right, our ability to face adverse situations, when we can think about the situation differently, when we can offer ourselves the ability to, to have that flexible thinking, we're able to, you know, raise our resiliency, and we're able to face whatever adverse situation. And so by looking at what's happening in your everyday life, and just thinking about, could I look at this differently? Or could I approach this differently? It starts training your mind to yeah. have that that flexible thinking. And truthfully, that's how we build those new neural pathways when we start challenging our mind to do things in a different way.
0: Yeah. Cause you also end up every chapter, each chapter ends up with, with a question. Yeah. It's a fantastic yeah. way to actually start. Yeah, yeah. Cause sometimes we just, like you said, you know, we, we're too busy with our lives and sometimes we don't have time to actually stop and yeah. observe and actually think. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. um, especially, you know, female entrepreneurs when they have kids or they have other responsibilities, uh, it's it's very hard sometimes to stop and think about um, your life. But um, one of the chapters I actually wanted to ask you about it. Uh, it was to do with um, uh, yeah, yeah, you you um, you talked about the situation where you saw some squirrels jumping on the tree. <laughs> yeah. and and they were chasing each other and then one of the squirrels just kind of made a leap mm-hmm. um have you ever made um a, a drastic sort of leap in your life what what was that leap what was your um, experience?
1: yeah so my drastic leap was making that shift and saying I I want to um I want to not only become a life coach, because I was already working, you know, I was, I was a certified project manager, I had been in the business world for several years, I mean, 15 years, making that leap and saying, I want to shift, I want to do an about face, so to speak, uh, was, was a huge, a huge jump for me, because I didn't know how it was going to end up, I didn't know if I could uh, be successful in what I'm doing. And it was scary. And it goes back to your original question earlier on where when you were younger, did you feel that the perfectionism kept you from, you know, or that fear of failure, failure kept you from moving forward? And yes, the younger comedy would have been like, Oh, I don't know, you know, let me calculate the risk in this. And I'm not sure that I can do it. Maybe I should just stay put. But instead, that was when it was about following my intuition and my heart and about, um Truthfully, just believing in the fact that I I had a calling, what I felt was a calling, to shift my 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 business, my livelihood, and I made that leap.
0: Yeah, have you made any mistakes in your you know um b- business sort of entrepreneurial life? Of course, we <laughs> human, of course. Of what do you, course, you do when you make a mistake? And you're just like, oh my god, that was a very stupid mistake. What what have I done? How do you overcome it? Do you keep you know? Do you have some strategies to mental strategies to put you back on on the right track?
1: yeah, you know, so it's really funny you bring that up because you know we all have our good days and bad days, and I talk about self-compassion all the time and how we have to we have to avoid it's not even avoiding. it's it's teaching ourselves to to go into a place of compassion when things don't go well rather than a place of judgment. But when you are an entrepreneur and everything is on your, you know, it's on your shoulders and if it's successful, you feel, you feel that weight of everything. There are moments definitely where you feel like you made a mistake and and you feel like, Oh my gosh, I'm such an idiot. I have learned when that thought comes up to stop and take a breath and to um, my, my anchoring, I have an anchoring uh, word, which is just grace. I anchor back into that word and it, and it reminds myself to reset and to, Appreciate that I tried something. Slow it down. What did I learn? And then what can I now, you know, apply going forward? So what's my next best step forward? So it it, it's it's really the pattern interrupt when that when that negative mind wants to take over. And so I do. I use that power. My pat my power word is is grace. It's just the reminder that you know be kind. What
0: is it? Grace. 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 Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Well. yeah, you also mentioned um in the book about uh, being authentic. I I mean I mean let's just first you know finding time for yourself. Uh how talking about authenticity a little bit later. Uh yeah, finding time for yourself uh, with five kids, uh running a podcast, writing books, running a coaching business, how do you find time for yourself? How do you relax? How do you make time for yourself? What do you do? So- The things that I really like to do to just sort of ground
1: and recenter is um, I have two dogs and I absolutely love them. I think that they are. um, (laughs) I think dogs are great animals just to have in general (laughs) because they they calm me down just being around me. But I tend to take I tend to take walks with them um, because that really does uh, ground me and it recenters me, It gets me back into nature and it slows me down. Um, and then every single morning, I always start my day just on my own by myself. Um, I do get up before everybody else, and that's my my meditation time and the time that I can really center myself and um, and I and I hold those two things. So I basically bookend my day. So the dogs get the walk in the night, and and the morning is started with the meditation. I bookend my day, so I'm always making sure that I'm carving out that time for myself where I'm not worrying about business or kids or anything yeah. else, but really
0: just getting, getting back in touch with, with oneself. Yeah. Do you consider yourself as an anxious person? Um, you know, I do.
1: I mean, I, I, do, I know that I have um, anxieties that come with that perfectionism. Yeah. It's about how you manage those thoughts, though, right? So the older me used to allow the anxieties to take over, and now it's about recognizing that they're there, not trying to fix them or stop them but more about um, accepting and then moving, committing to how I'm going to move forward, you know, and, 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 and going on that path rather than allowing the monkey mind to take over.
0: Yeah. So you, you've been running this business for a couple of years now. And um, if you were to turn back time, would you change anything the way you approach certain situations or maybe um, events, situations and, and, and so on?
1: Would
0: you change yeah, I, anything, and would you still carry on doing what you're doing? I, I would definitely carry on, you know, with the
1: basic setup. I think what I would change is a little bit of my own personal mindset, you know, where it's you feel like, especially as an entrepreneur, you feel like you're supposed to get, you're supposed to be farther along than where you are. Like you start, and you like immediately want to see results, and yes. it's giving it's yeah. giving yourself, giving yourself that ability to take the time that it's going to take to ramp up to what you want it to be you know, that you don't have to, um, it's not a faucet, right? When you're starting a business, it's not a faucet necessarily. You can just turn it on and it's like flush with, with yeah. water. So it's about giving yourself that ability to take the time that it's going to take. And if I could turn back time and, and have that conversation with myself right at the beginning, I would definitely do that because I think in the very beginning, that was the thoughts that kept running through my head was, oh my gosh, I'm not getting there. I'm not getting there. I'm not getting there. And then truthfully, I was, it was just how I was looking at the situation. It was just, I, I wanted to be further along than I was rather than taking the time to actually acknowledge and celebrate the things that I had accomplished, right? So it goes back to that concept yeah. of gratitude and celebration
0: of self. Yeah, so if today you realize that you are lacking some of the skills to run your business, what's your approach? How do you, uh, I do, yeah. yeah, what's your strategy? Uh, my strategy is to to.
1: To ask for help. So that's the other thing that happens with high achievers is we tend to think that we have to muscle through. We got to put on the brave face and we've got to muscle through it and figure it out. And uh Brene Brown always talks about the strength and vulnerability. It's finding the people that you feel safe with and then asking yeah. for the help that you need, truthfully, when yeah. you're running a business. Do coaches need coaches? <laughs> Absolutely. 100%. 100%. <laughs> so
0: do you have one? <laughs> oh,
1: oh, oh, there goes my camera again. Yeah. <laughs> my uh internet seems to be having trouble today. um yes, absolutely. I have my own coach. and and yeah. it's, it's funny you bring that up because I was just talking to a new client yesterday and and one of the things that I, you know, we always talk about the commitments that we're making to each other and one of them that that I always make to my clients is that I'm when I show up I'm fully there and fully present. And the only way to really honor that commitment is to do the self-care but it's also to take care of the other things that are going on with me. So, you know, I've got to take care of my own my own health and my own thoughts that are coming up in order to show up wholeheartedly and fully for my clients. And so
0: I absolutely believe
1: that coaches, coaches need
0: coaches. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Also, this brings me to another question. Uh, I don't know if you've read um, a recent study by um, Michael Freeman about the mental health um, of entrepreneurs and the study surveyed a large number i can't remember the number of entrepreneurs and they found that entrepreneurs were likely you know to um to, were twice as likely to have depression also there were you know the um oh excuse me uh not quite sure what's happening <laughs> i think i have <laughs> some some audio i don't know Talking to me, and he also found that a lot of um, uh, f- entrepreneurs are, are likely to have ment fifty uh, percent uh, at a great risk to have a mental, condition, you know, mental health uh, problem as well. So, what's your view on that? How important I is the mental health for entrepreneurs?
1: Yeah, I haven't read that particular study, but I would, based on what you've shared, I would absolutely agree because it, it goes back to what well, I was mentioning. You know, entrepreneurs are, feel like they're carrying the weight of the world on their shoulders. You know, I've got to succeed at this because, you know, either my um, my worth is dependent upon it, which is a pretty heavy weight to carry, or we've got family and friends that are depending on us. And so I absolutely, but I think mental health is above, it goes along, it's so high on the list of priorities. I think everybody needs to be paying attention to their mental health, not just entrepreneurs. And I think a lot of times people will try to shift something from the exterior, meaning, um, you know, maybe if I just lose the 30 pounds, everything will be fine. And they don't pay attention to what's happening on the inside. And they have to work in conjunction, you know, we're whole beings. And so mental health is such a vital part of, of what we
0: do and how we take care of ourselves. Yeah, because if you if you look at some of the statistics um, uh, published on I don't know small business sort of websites some some small business stats uh, they always mention you know the reasons why small start you know startups fail is because a uh, lack of market need um, b I don't know um, lack of cash or, or cash cash burnout and so on but there is no mentioning of the actual the mental side of, of uh, entrepreneurship. Um, and it's actually underlying the whole thing, right? Because yes. if yes. if even, you know, your approach to finding that cash can be um, kind of, um, you know, linked to your mental state, uh, how you feel about yourself and your achievements to date. Yeah.
1: yeah. I, you know, it's so interesting that you bring that up because that just goes in line with my my thought process on how we and what I was just sharing. It's like we try to put Band-Aids on things. So we look at the surface level issue. The surface level issue is I don't have cash flow and that's why my business failed. Well, then if we dig a little bit deeper, we might be able to uncover, well, actually the cash flow was related to the fact that I had these limiting beliefs, which was related to this false center that I acquired. And if I could actually deal with my mental issues or mental health rather it and, and, and work through those, it would, as I mentioned earlier too, it starts it exponentially pays it forward right so then now suddenly you're able to create whatever you needed to in order to get the cash flow flowing into the business and yeah. um and but it, it it's so many of us just look at that surface level you know and it, and it's, it's interesting because i'll even have people contact me wanting to work with me and they just want you know well how many how do we just do like a few sessions and right off the bat i know what that means is give me the information and um, it's like I just want I, I want to fix these things on the surface, but the truth of the matter is, is we have to get deeper than the surface um, because you know just lo- dealing with the surface, it's essentially putting a bandaid on the situation, and it's not actually cutting, you know, getting that that ick out of out of whatever cuts there in order for the yeah. full healing to actually happen. Yeah,
0: yeah, and yeah, I, I quite agree with what you're saying. So yeah, I mean. Uh, you you, you're running this 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 business i mean you 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 on the surface i don't know you you appear to be a very successful person i mean your website is is looking fantastic it's very professional but and it looks like you've got it all together right um but have you um you know since you've you you started your business have you ever thought that oh I'm, i'm 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 you know if only i had x why and and that skill i uh, would be much more successful what would be that what would be the, those skill sets
1: Ah, uh, that's an interesting question truthfully i have um i've never actually questioned my skill set in terms of of what i do um i really do feel that i show up in a way that's very authentic and very um intuitively driven I'm an, I'm an empath by nature, so I pick up on how energies are. I've also really, um, from a very early on in my business, I I made decisions, for instance, to be very upfront and communicate who I work with and who I don't. Yeah. Because alignment with the client isn't just the client needs to feel aligned with me. As the coach, I need to feel aligned with the client. And so I'm I'm particular about who I end up working with as well. Um, you know, so for instance, if I, because there's, I would love to support everybody, but if for instance, somebody's not at the p- place in their life where they're willing to start taking a look at, you know, how they've shown up in their life and, and how it's contributed to the dynamic that they're experiencing, it, it's difficult to, for coaching to work at that point, right? Because coaching is all about the decision to make shifts and the decision to shift things. And so, if you're not in a place where you are even making that decision yet, you know, you're, not, you're yeah. not even willing to to do that. That's very difficult. So, for me personally, I've never really questioned that in terms of, um, you know, how I show up or my skills or anything like that. Yeah. I think the only thing, I think yeah. the only the only thing that that I mentioned before is, you know, the the high achiever and you want to, um, you know, start the business and and just kind of start coaching, you know, as many people as you can, because truthfully, the, the drive is to help people really heal that relationship with themselves. And there's such a, a heart centered drive there. But it's also giving yourself that grace that, you know, you're going to build the business over time. So um, I think that's the only thing that I would have shifted for me personally, yeah. is just, yeah. you know, recognizing that it takes time. And, and, you know, and, and, and also, it's part of recognizing that, it's always evolving, right? So there's always growth available. I mean, you're never going to get it perfect. There is no perfection. It's all about evolution and growing. And, and you do that, not just as a person, but even in your business, when you own a business. So, you know, I mean, I continually learn new things and continually try different ways of, of serving my clients.
0: Yeah. Why I'm asking is because I've interviewed, I think about 20 entrepreneurs to date and it just, uh, a lot of them are saying that although they've got the expertise in, in their areas, they, it all comes to, you know, marketing skills. You know, how do you market yourself? So that that's sort mm-hmm. of uh, one of the obstacles maybe for a lot of entrepreneurs and a lot of them, especially creative people, they are lacking yeah. those marketing skills.
1: Yeah, so yeah. because because I had come from a business background prior to, yeah. Um, I had acquired certain... I had acquired certain knowledge, but I also had come to the place where I was okay asking for help in those things. So it's not that I felt that I necessarily needed those skill sets. I could I could ask for the support that I needed for those types of things, um, yeah. and and it was okay for me to do that. So I had already come to that position just because of my previous work experience.
0: Yeah. Okay. So another, I guess, another question I'm I'm, I'm dying to ask is um is is about your book. Right. because uh, you published the book quite recently, because I'm in the process of writing. Well, I I cannot finish. I'm just putting some last touches. But it's it it's been a two-year journey for me, and it's still not <laughs> in publication. <laughs> How long did it take you to publish but and first of all, you know, why yeah. did you, you you said you started writing a book because it was like for yourself, but mm-hmm. um you published it through the publisher, right? Um yeah. Yeah. uh How long did it take you to
1: write this book? So again, it wasn't that I set out to write a book. So it was almost, um, I would say it probably took about a year because I was just writing these little analogies for myself personally and then started thinking, oh, well, maybe other people might be able to use these to help them reframe what's going on in their life. Um, So I would say it probably overall, the writing took about a year. Um, And then in terms of publishing it, Um, again, I think that took another, what, six months or something like that in order for it to actually make it, make its way out. And then of course it came out right as COVID came out and I had those moments of, um, Uh you know, the pandemic hit and I thought, oh my gosh, how did I release a book at this time? And then I realized, you know what, this might actually be the perfect book to release right now because it does allow, it allows for that, um, that learning of flexible thinking, right? Because things are so uncertain, it allows us to take what's in front of us right now, and, and figure out new ways of looking at it.
0: Yeah. So you are definitely, I mean, you, you're building a personal brand. It's come in would, wood. And you've got your podcast. You've got your book. Uh, and a very professional uh, website. And I, I guess my next question is that, you know, for, for starting entrepreneurs, uh, there are some uh, mixed messages out there. There are people who are saying, you know, and you probably read the book about the key person of influence right by Presley, mm-hmm. and um, you know there is a view that when you st- you know it's it's not um sort of an overnight success you have to build your personal brand you have to publish you have to do articles you have to be visible right mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and you can choose be visible through different means you know youtube podcast whatever and right. then the, there is another sort of message out there for for mm-hmm. for for startup for for, mm-hmm. for entrepreneurs that you can just create a product or something like that and then you can just run Facebook ads to that landing page and that's pretty much it. You don't have to do lives, you don't have Facebook lives, you mm-hmm. don't have to create videos and so on. So what's your view on on this? Uh <laughs> my view is
1: kind of in the middle because <laughs> I don't really <laughs> like I don't really enjoy doing Facebook lives. Um, I I do think that for me personally um, Building a community where people know, like, and trust me is something that's important to me. I feel that if I had just gone straight to just putting up a Facebook ad, they wouldn't know who I am. And it goes back to who I choose to work with. I want to work with people who know that they um, are supported and are safe. And when they work with me, it's that space where they Can really uncover what's going on for them. And because it is so relationship based, what I do for me personally, it's about um, allowing people to get to know me. And the way to do that is to, you know, either put, publish a book or to uh, put some type of writing or, you know, video or what have you out there so that they can get to know me first. Uh, otherwise it seems like a pretty superficial relationship (laughs) and since my business personally is based like I said on relationships for me it's all about building that that connection
0: yeah because why I'm asking I I think I've I've watched a a webinar of some um, a woman entrepreneur and she 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 kind of showed her bank statement and it was like half a million and she said I don't do lives. I don't do videos. I don't do, I, I don't write anything. And it's just a waste of time and it mm-hmm. takes forever. And she's just literally running Facebook ads to her landing page and, and making money that, that way. And she's like, "Well, oh, you, you're wasting your time people. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I think it really goes back
1: to what, what feels good to you rather yeah. than the comparison, right? Just because one thing works well for one person doesn't mean it, yeah. it's the thing yeah. for you. Yeah. And it's really, and when you're running your own business, it's so driven by who you are that it really is
0: important to what feels right for you. Yeah. No, I I actually agree with you. And and you are building something um long term as well. So yeah, you know, you want your kids to because when you're gone, what what's left after you? Right. But the book will be a reminder. Um, you know, your creative work will be a reminder of who Camini Wood was. And yeah. um uh, what in- impact she made on the society apart from um not, not, not just generating a cash and putting a cash in the bank, although this is also important. Okay, and <laughs> <laughs> and um so just going back to what we were discussing before about authenticity and how important it is for a solopreneur to be authentic.
1: Yeah, um so for me personally, um authenticity and being true to who I am and Honestly, it's it's also living with integrity, but not just integrity to other people. It's integrity with self and keeping one's word to oneself. Um, those are two of the, ba- the bedrocks of what I anchor into on a daily basis. And um, I think authenticity is this buzzword right now. So I was a little bit worried about using it. But truthfully, it, it, it's so important to really be true to who you are, especially as an entrepreneur or a solopreneur. Because when people feel the, feel your energy and who you yeah. are coming out through your business, they will connect with that. And it goes back to, well, the right people will connect with that. And that's that's how yeah. you
0: start building your business. Yeah, you're right. Because people do business with people. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> it's exactly. It's true. So um, what uh, advice would you give to um, starting entrepreneurs?
1: Yeah, so it's, it's, I could, we think we covered a lot of it over the course of our conversation. Yeah. But I think, um, you know, one of the major things about when you're starting your own business is just to really learn how to give yourself that grace, you know, understand that it's going to take time and, and allowing yourself the space to make mistakes, you know, and, it, and it's not about judging yourself for the mistake, but learning from the mistake. And, uh, the other really important one is, is that resiliency and how do you build that resiliency? It's, it's to have those strengthening support systems. So when you do need help asking for it, you know, finding the people that you trust and, um, asking for support from them, especially as you're building a business.
0: Yeah. And any final word, um, to female entrepreneurs, because this is our audience. Yes. Um, you know, honestly, my,
1: um, my advice, it's not even advice, it's just a reminder that um, you are uniquely you and you don't need to compare yourself to what other people are doing. Uh, it's not about having a business where you think, oh, oh, so do I do that. It's about how do you do it and what makes, what makes you authentically you and uniquely you and really hone in on that because that, again, is
0: what's going drive, to drive your business forward. Okay, thank you so much in, that was a pleasure, absolute pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Mental Wealth Entrepreneurs Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this show. Please send me any comments or feedback. If you're an entrepreneur and want to share your story, please contact me. The link is in the podcast show notes. Also, please see the social media links and... Uh, Uh, links to offers from my guests on the podcast notes. This podcast is sponsored by Smart Octopus Voice Agency, who create chatbots and voice skills on Amazon Alexa and Google Assistant. So I'm really excited uh, to tell you that this podcast is now available as an Alexa skill. uh, So you can search for resilient entrepreneur uh, skill and enable it as a flash briefing. So that's all from me. Um, I wish I wish you good mental health, and you are just one mind hug away. Till next time.